Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and good evening, Rush Nation. Uh, Daniel here hosting our weekly flagship show. Uh, I'm joined as ever by Murph. Murph, good evening. How are you, sir? Good evening. Yeah, not not too bad. Uh, welcome to International Shipping Day, um, where we park those ships in the harbour um, and we count our holes. So yeah, uh, definitely not a bad uh, bad haul yesterday. Could have been a lot better. Um, well, I was going to uh, start with that in a second. Yeah, championship yeah, weekend. Yeah, good. How are you looking? Championship weekend, personally. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm so far, I'm 8 out of 15 in the dock. Uh, I've lost 5. There's a couple still yep. playing where I'd say I'm probably underdog. Uh, but outcomes are possible. Uh, there's okay. one that's high, highly unlikely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it'd be nice to get a couple more in the harbour. Uh, but it's yep. been it's been very good. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like the King's Classic title will be coming this way, which was the one stocks and I desperately wanted. Um, but so going to Germany and South Africa, is it? <clears throat> yeah, they're great friends of mine. So, you know, it's hard oh, to be that. It's, I, uh, I saw Peter and yourself having a bit of banter on it. Um, and I enjoyed it until we put up 
the one of Gareth Southgate missing the penalty at Euro 96. <laughs> I, lost, I lost all respect, all respect for Peter at that minute right there. That was uncalled for. That's all he's got. That's all he's got. That's fine. Listen, they can they can enjoy it. We're gonna we're gonna take it down. <laughs> we can take it down next year. So I don't I don't have a problem with that. But um, we did win the uh, NFL UK uh, fan pod um, championship, which was good. So um, taught everybody a lesson in the sense of you don't draft uh, players from your favourite team because uh, they let you down. You know the Rams pod were Rams UK were. Uh, the one seed, and I had them in the semis, and they really laid an egg last week, and we ran over them. And this week in the final, we had our friends over at the, the Cowboys, uh, UK Cowboys fans, and again, laid an egg when it mattered. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing about being slightly agnostic in fantasy. It wasn't that many. The only Buccaneers player, I think, was on the roster was Antonio Brown, and we'll get to him. <laughs> so... But yeah, we I'm will get to him. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Um, how about yourself? I'm okay. Eight finals I made. Uh, four wins so far should be good. One undecided, three losses. Um, one my home money league, which I think is nice seeing as I run it in commission. Um, so that's always enjoyable to win your own money league, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> if that's allowed. Um, biggest sadness for me, I lost my BFFL, my Charlton Valiance. I'm going to fall at the final hurdle in the final. Um, our lowest score we've had in two years. Um, and we're, we we had nine people at the weekend out. Athena uh, to IR and eight with COVID. Um, of those nine, I'd say probably five or six were starters. So we were bare bones in the ship, which is not ideal. Someone's wishing us a good so. evening. Good evening. Just as Facebook user. I might assume that might be Jack Humphrey, but... Um... If, if it's anyone else, hello to you all. Uh, I look forward to hopefully people joining in and sharing their championship successes or DFS successes. Um, yeah, let's, let's read a few out because it'd be good to to share. It's International Shipping Day. You know, we've got to enjoy these these days. They come once a year um, or maybe twice a year if you're playing Week 18. Um, yeah, it's, Jack says it's Jack. So <laughs> I was like, thinking it might be just the way he's just getting gentlemen. Um so yeah, you know, let's let's get involved and share some championship stories. And um, I, it's weird. It, obviously, the ones that are still going are close, but mine tended to be very lopsided victories or defeats. <laughs> like, um, oh, actually, no, I lost one by four and a half points. That was a team I was twelve and two. I won uh, one by point eight four. Oh, one six two point nine to one six two zero six. And he had Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. So going into that last minute or two of that game, if the Cowboys had got that ball back, anything would have won it. Um, and obviously the Cards got the first down and then kneeled down for the win. So I was quite grateful for that one. That was my tightest one. But yeah, the rest have been pretty. I've got one still open-ended tonight, 10 points up. Um, but I'm going in with Deontay Johnson and the Browns defense against Freeman. So I'm quietly confident on that one with a lead as well. Oh, someone's put four finals, four losses, went up against Chase in three. I believe that's Jack again, isn't it? It it did take down a big money best ball league. So it's not all bad. I think that's the one that matters. Oh, that's, I mean, to go up against Chase in three is pretty, pretty horrific. Um, I, I must say, I as a DK Betcalf owner in a few leagues, 
greatly enjoyed him propelling me to third place or fifth place in a couple of leagues where um, he really went off right at about the time where it just didn't really matter. So thanks, DK, uh, for turning up about two weeks too late to the season. Um, <laughs> but there you go. Well, it happens, right? It's you can good. put your money on it every single year, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, oh, well. So at the end of the day, there's not much left in the fantasy season now. There's a few people have tonight. Um, I have put a waivers article up for week 18 for those that are playing in, in week 18. Um, and I appreciate there are probably about five people in the world that are playing a championship in week 18. And if you are, why? But whatever, you know, we, we indicate it for everybody, whatever your, whatever your uh, sickness or, or, or just poor, poor league voters. But yeah, I, I would say if you're playing for a championship in week 18, go ahead and win it. And then the minute you win it, just leave the league. Um, shouldn't be playing for championships in week 18. That's all I'm going to say. Um, oh, Pitsy's joined on and said to him and Rob winning one of the five-yard dynasty leagues. Good luck to them. I think they eliminated me uh, in the quarterfinals uh, of that one when I'd beaten Pitsy the week before to get in. Um, oh. <laughs> but mind you, Shocking. that team I had was absolutely decimated with injuries. I think at one point, I'd, I'd literally had about two players on my bench that I could play. Everyone right. was all injured at one point in the season. So to even make the playoffs, I took that as a win. <laughs> well, the last one I want to give a, an honourable mention to is our, we have a, a Buccaneers fans league, don't we? Um, yeah. Where I started one and six. I eked into the playoffs at six and eight record and beat you by, I think it was about 1.5 points and got in on yeah. points four. Made the championship and have been absolutely annihilated by almost double my score. So, yeah. Did all the hard work. Never mind. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you know, I would have been highly competitive because I would have won both rounds that you won. And yeah. then this week, I would have done... Well, this week, for example, let's just look. I had the Titans D, 20, 20 points. Richard Penny, 32.5 points. Amon Rase Brown, 35.4 uh, Jonathan Taylor, 18.4. Um, Keenan Allen, Eliza Mitchell. So I, I'd probably won. Just tighten that up. So your one point something point victory to keep me out, well, points difference to keep <laughs> me out of the playoffs. Half, yeah. For you to basically finish second quite convincingly yep. robbed me of the chance to go and win the title. So cheers, That's mate. Fine. I mean, listen, I was first in the league he, last year, second in it this year. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, but just, you know, sometimes you just got to let the better teams go through. And, I, you know, I'd have taken it down. But, no, uh, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Super. We're both losers. We're both losers because we're of where we are. In... But you know what? I had fun losing, and that is what matters to me, right? Well, no matter yeah, what you I come mean... out with, no matter what you win, it's great. But, hey, it is a game at the end of the day, and I enjoyed every single one of them. So, <laughs> no, it's good. It's, it's definitely fun. And it's, uh, you know, I think... Uh, for me, these next sort of three days are probably the most difficult of the year because it's this whole, you go through this, like, especially as a content creator, you write so many articles or you appear on podcasts or do podcasts and you're just like, was it all worth it? <laughs> and you go through this period of self-reflection and doubt of, was that really worth all that time and effort. And then it does take a couple of days to go, yeah, absolutely it was. And I know in the back of my mind it was, but you just think, now what do I talk about? 
like <laughs> we still do a pod and we're like what are we gonna do there's gonna be plenty of content don't worry about it it's just you know, this this few days is the bit where it's a bit a bit funky but by next week we'll have a coordinated plan um gonna get some great guests on and we're gonna basically overhaul um our processes and just get better and the idea is effectively next season starts next week um dynasty well, yeah, leagues, we'll a lot of dynasty anything you know the whole point is it all starts again we'll, we'll give the nod to the current season we'll keep up with the news we'll follow all that along but effectively it's about reflecting uh, the way that the content's going to work over the next few weeks is looking backwards so we're going to look backwards we're going to look at what we got right what we got wrong why do we get it wrong what are some of the reasons and explanations for it and then we'll look forward to how we can apply that to next year do some rookie talk, look at some of the rookies coming in, um, some dynasty strategy. We're going to get some great guests on uh, over the coming weeks. So there's so many people I'm absolutely primed uh, and ready to get on. I cannot wait now that their fantasy schedules are empty. I'm going to make sure to <laughs> exploit um, exploit them with some great uh, knowledge that we're going to drop. So I'm looking forward to all of that coming in the future weeks. But you know, there's, enjoy tonight. It is a celebration regardless of whether you won zero fantasy titles or whether you won eight, ten, however many you've won. Because yeah. it's as you said, it's as you said, even if you just got to a championship, even if you just got to a playoffs and didn't even make a championship, it's still that you got there. Yeah. It's not easy. Nope. And I talk about this all the time with people, that I try and play in a lot of fan leagues because I genuinely am interested in the skill level of people in the UK. And I think in the last three years, the skill level of people in the UK has gone up 10, 20 fold. I found it so much easier to win leagues three, two years ago where people were making silly errors, uh, anything from drafting QBs early to, um, silly wave wire pickups not not really maximizing the benches and i think now the strategy the the knowledge is so much better in the way people handle the game and that's and that's a, a testament to, to you guys at five yard and all the different pods and jack does his bits and best Ball uk tom does his bits and all of the content creators out there especially uk based that are making us as fans and players better anyway so you know you're yourself and, to play, and, and really. that's where yeah, well, but that's why I guess we all we all do it is because we want to know yeah. if it's working and where we can help bring people some additional insight, some additional edge. You know, at the end of the day, and, and here's what's different about fantasy football from FPL and other fantasy sports. The strategy that you use two years ago it's not going to be a winning strategy now. The strategy just changed ever so slightly. Like two, three years ago, you could draft a QB in the 12th round yeah. and you'd be fine because there was one or two elite quarterbacks at, at a max and then you just were fine. And now there's a tier of about five running backs, uh, five quarterbacks, maybe six. And you have to really get one of these guys. And if you look at championship rosters, the only real late steal was Brady in the ninth. Yep. Everybody else 
would have had one of those premium quarterbacks because the streaming options became a lot of people that were not in all leagues, but in a vast majority, if you look at the people that got to the finals and won. Redraft, Joe Burrow recently might have won your championship with a fair value pick. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you got in with Joe Burrow, but, you know, I'm looking at it, um, you know, you mentioned the Bucks League. It's just because, you know, you mentioned it. It was on my screen. You know, the winning, winning player had Kyler Murray. You know, um, I'm just literally going through leagues at random. I had Tom Brady in the league. I mean, I talked about him. I thought he was a value. Um, Justin Herbert. Um, I'm just literally picking leagues here at random. Justin Herbert. You know, these guys you would have to have got slightly early. Patrick Mahomes. uh, You know, these are the leagues. I have one one with Taysom Hill, just to let you know. Starting. No, okay. And, and I think that's always going to happen, right? And I think it's not. I lost Kirk Cousins. If, well, I was going to say, if you lost like a Kirk Cousins or if you lost a Lamar Jackson to injury, yep. you know, though, those things were going to happen. But if you look at the performers in week 17 in Championship Week, those quarterbacks were the ones that really were the ones that you paid the price for early. And that's what I mean. The game has evolved. Two years ago, you'd have been absolutely lamented for taking a Josh Allen um, in the fifth round. Now, it's kind of part of what you've got to do. Um, but we'll break into the strategies and we'll look at what we can do differently. But it, again, this is why I think it's it's such a fascinating, it's such a, a different dimension to FPL and other fantasy games because the game evolves within the game. Yes. Uh, yes. So, so much. So, But we'll, we'll share that in future weeks. It's just, I always find it interesting that you know, you look at the winning teams, you will start to see the commonalities of it all and how do we build our rosters next year and what's changed from 12 months ago. We'll do that. But, yeah, like I said, it's a night for celebration. And if you made any playoffs, celebrate it. You know, it's a difficult, difficult thing. And that was my point originally, is that people in people in the UK are getting very good. There's a lot of very, very good players now in the UK. And they continue to get better, and hopefully we can do more leagues and have a lot more fun, and um, and continue to really raise the game and, and beat those uh, beat those Americans at their own game. It's enjoyable, right? So, yeah. moving on, NFL Week Seventeen. I was alright with it. Yeah, and the Packers <laughs> place to start, right? One degree or minus eleven or whatever it was Celsius Fahrenheit, depending which way you work it out these days. Um. But they clinched home field advantage in the one seed. Yeah, they did. Um, I mean, not a surprise when you see Sean Marion at, at, at quarterback on the other end. Um, I don't think anyone was shocked by what was going to happen in that game. And, and as a result, they clinched the one seed. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win MVP again. And you know what? It's probably just about deserved. But I just... Too many people every single year want to crown Aaron Rodgers, right? They want to crown him as, oh, well, you know, the Packers, they're going to go to the Super Bowl, right? So it's the third year in a row, first team in NFL history to record three straight 13-win seasons. Congratulations. It's a phenomenal achievement to go 36-9 and across three seasons, a game to go. Hats off to you. But no Super Bowl appearances in that time as of yet. Nope. You know, they've already had two number one seeds in that time, in which in both they lost in the championship game. And 
I'm not being funny. I don't look at the Packers and think they're that much better than the other teams in the NFC. I just don't. I don't believe they are. And all the talk is, now they've got the one seed that the, the playoffs need to go through Lambeau and it's cold and people won't like going there. None of the talk is about the playoffs now going through Green Bay and actually who's going to come up against that team. They're yeah. all talking about how much the field and the fans and the weather is their biggest influence, not which is how good they are at home and how year. good the team is. Yeah. Um, but we get this talk every year. I mean, for me, if you get home advantage every year and you don't make the playoffs, it's like the Saints. Everyone goes yeah. all, all, all roads through New Orleans. All right. They don't make, they don't make the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm not trying to like rain on the parade of Packers fans. Phenomenal team, phenomenal season. I'm not knocking it. Like to do what they've done, you have to, you have to dot your cop. You dot, you dot your cap. You have to. <laughs> However, they do play. They do. I know. Four years. They do. They do play in the. They do play in the worst division in football, the least competitive. Game. Yeah. I mean, they play in the least competitive division in football. Um, and I'm not knocking them. Like you've got to win the game, so you can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah. And uh, but my point is. I'm not ready to crown Aaron Rodgers and the Packers yet because I think I think the better teams are behind them. I think if the Bucks get healthy, they're going to have a chance. I think the Rams are going to have a chance. I think the Cardinals yesterday proved that they're not the sleeping lions that everyone is, is kind of saying that they are. Um, the Cowboys, you know, I think there's some teams there that that will cause some damage. I don't think anyone's going to fear going to Lambo because there's nothing to fear about going to Lambo. Because until you, the difference is people go, oh well, it's different with Foxborough. The difference in Foxborough was they made it count. They went yeah. to a lot of Super Bowls that went through Foxborough. You know, they used that advantage. They made it work. That is, but the also difference. the psychology it's, of it. It was a psychology of it. Is. You're going into New England in Foxborough with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady at the time, and how they're they're unstoppable in this situation. Teams going into Lambo now are going. But the Packers have lost the last two, so let's make it through. There isn't that fear exactly. in a of walking in the building. No, there isn't that fear of, of walking in the building because Aaron Rodgers is one and four in NFC title games, and that's where I'm just very weary about crowning them just yet. And I I think this is the most open field. And we'll get into the dynamics. I think yeah. this is the most open field we've had for the last five years. Certainly in the NFC, certainly. Well, I, I think in both. I mean, you could have argued last year was pretty open with the Buccaneers. You know, the Buccaneers was the fifth seed. You looked at them and went, to be honest, they're a pretty good five seed. You're not going to get a much better five seed than that. They get a team with a losing record, so that was pretty much a pass. I mean, I don't think many people gave them a chance through the path they had to go through, but it, it was still a good, <laughs> a good five seed to have. This time around, you've got the Cardinals, who, again, I think are a very good five seed. I think they're as good a five seed as anybody um, you're going to get. And I think it's just very deep. I think it's very deep, and I think it's going to be an interesting playoff series. And I'm, I'm not ready to crown anyone yet. I don't think anyone is a strong favourite. But we'll see how it all shakes out next week. But we'll go through some of the scenarios. But congratulations to the Packers and Matt LaFleur. You know, you you can't beat 39 and 39 and 9. Right? It's a phenomenal record. You have to. You have to. can be, but yeah. I mean, you can, but no one has. It's the yeah. best. It's the best opening start of a career in yeah. coaching for any head coach. Yeah. Um, no team has ever done that over three years. Um, so you, you know, you have to sit there and go, you know, congratulations. But the season starts in a week. 
Um, well, really, two yeah. weeks for them, really. Now they've got well, yeah, two weeks for them. Uh, yeah, and that brings us on to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's expecting to play Week 18 against the Lions, which seems like a really strange decision. I don't know if it's because of the bye that's um, carrying the toe injury. What's your thoughts on uh, that? I, I, I think he'll play. I think he'll play, and I think he should. I don't think you can. I don't think you can have two weeks off. I think it's too long. I think you've got to go out and have reps. Now, I think he could play half. I think he could play three quarters of a game. Uh, absolutely. I mean, they've got they've got the Lions, right? There's there's a scenario where they could go and put 30, 40 points up in the first half, similar to what Seattle did yesterday, and then just say, take a rest. And, that, and that's very doable, right? I think that's something that you will be baking in. And the Bucks did it to the Lions last year, last week in the game as well. Well, yeah, I mean, the difference was the Buccaneers were playing to clinch the, the, the playoff spot in that game. I mean, they did it at half time. They yeah. were up by 40 at half time and just went, well, we'll sit everyone. We're not yeah. going to give up 40 points in the second half. Oh. And um, and that was it. But, I mean, I think the point is that I think you have to play. I, I think having two weeks of no games is detrimental. I think by I think we saw that. Get some rest. I think we saw that for Rogers week one of the season. Because he come off of no preseason reps in games, and lost to the Saints in Week One, and, and thrashed by the way, absolutely yeah. hammered, yeah, by James Winston and the Saints in Week One. And I think that's that's the point is, even though you've played X amount of games, I think you've just got to keep the rhythm, keep the routine of playing. You know, even if you're only going to play half, even if you're only going to play X amount of snaps, you still prepare, you still do everything like you normally do. I think it's important. Um, so yeah, I, I don't blame him for wanting to play, but yeah, I think there'll be caution. I think at any point, if he says, Oh, ouchie, I think he's out, and, yeah. and rightfully so, but yeah, fine. On to other good news the Cincinnati Bengals have claimed their first AFC North title since 2015. Um, I only saw bits of this game, I was out a lot yesterday and come in and came out, just checked the score and saw the end final drives and so on, but it looked like a hell of a game to, to see. Did you see much of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the, the Chiefs got a handle on it early, but the, the... I mean, they just never went away, the Bengals. They believed in what they were doing. And, they, you know, everyone's talked about this Kansas defence, the Kansas defence, the Kansas defence, this Kansas defence, that. At the end of the day, they just put the ball here. <laughs> All right, we're just going to beat you. You going to cover two? Fine. See you later. We're back our guy to be quicker than your guy. I mean, what... What I find interesting in all of this, right, is the Bengals basically had a game plan. And it was, what we're going to do is we're going to trick you into thinking we're going to play a load of short passes. Then we're going to take a shot. If it doesn't work, we're going to leave you to think that that was the one shot we were going to take on a drive. And then actually we're going to set it up and then we're going to go again. And what amazed me was the amount of times that worked. (laughs) Like... You think, okay, you've got away with that once. Okay, fine. And you see, you go, oh, okay, that's worked again. You probably expect some form of adjustment. And then you look at it a third time and you think, right, come on now. It's getting to the point now where Jamar Chase has absolutely nobody else on the screen. Like, you could build a house with the amount of space he was getting behind the, the DBs there. And you think, why, is it for why now is it that that was it just one really bad game? from the, the Chiefs or have the Bengals seen something? Is it a combination of the two? I don't really know. I need to really go and watch the tape again, but 
I I'm surprised that they got so much success from the deep ball. Like I'm just genuinely shocked that they just continue to get that much success from it. And you think, well, do you know what? We should probably change our personnel. Maybe they couldn't. Maybe they didn't have enough players. <clears throat> I don't really know. But I think... I mean, the Chiefs have been renowned over the last couple of years at the adjustments they have made in tight yeah. games and put teams away because of it. And obviously you're saying that they... Well, they didn't. They just didn't adjust. They didn't adjust yesterday. And they, and they should have They should have managed that game better. There was a lot of key mistakes, key penalties at the end, which allowed the, um, the Bengals to get the first down when they should have been on fourth down, should have been time remaining. Um, but yeah, I think, it, you know, I think congratulations to the bank. They're an exciting team. Joe Burrow, he, he went down with a bit of a knee injury. It sounds like he's going to be okay. Um, so hopefully he should be, uh, he should be good soon. And hopefully, hopefully we can see the Bengals uh, win, uh, win a playoff game. <laughs> Because I don't think they've won a playoff game for the What's first. This, I don't think what other world is this we're living in? <laughs> I don't think they've won a playoff game in since 90, 92, 91. I don't know when they last won a playoff game. I seem to think that I've got a stat somewhere that actually the only two fan bases that have never been able to text a yes, celebration of a playoff now. win yeah, to yeah. anybody. Yeah. Is the Detroit Lions and the Cincinnati Bengals? Maybe the Bengals Correct. can finally break that. So, if if there are any Bengals fans listening or watching now, um, yeah, you know, if you win, winning, winning your wild card week, um, you can text someone. Maybe text me. I don't mind. I'd be happy. I'd be like, oh, okay, look, it worked. <laughs> you can, as it stands, messaging. as it stands, and looking at the schedule, I wouldn't be surprised to see it stay that way. They may have a very tough matchup with the Colts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would expect it to remain that way. The only way it won't is if they somehow lose to the Browns up. and the Bills win, or they creep up in the standings. So, because yeah, the Chiefs I mean, losing, so yeah, no, I can't. But yeah, I think Bills or Pats win, Bengals lose, and they're, they're you know the Braves or Chargers probably. But yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it is. But I think uh, it was a great game, a real advertisement for for the NFL, and yeah. it. It's good because the, the early windows have been pretty dire at times this season, but it really came to life. There were some really good games that went down. A lot of drama in those early windows as well um, with what was going on in the Medlands, what was going on uh, in that game. There was a few games with playoff implications as well. Um, so it was really good to watch, really good to watch um, that early window and to see some real excitement. And then we're going to be completely robbed of that because uh, next week because they flexed all the games of any importance into the, the nine twenty five window. So uh, cheers NFL for that, um, for not even keeping any meaningful games in that early window. Um, so I think it's almost like you could, if you, you know, you could turn up or you could turn up three hours late to red zone on Sunday. They've done the old, but don't do that. Cause Premier League thing, right. Of uh, putting all the games at the same time. So the outcomes aren't known, I guess. I think that's the way they Maybe yeah, but uh, there's so few scenarios out there, and some of them are into Saturday. Yeah. So some of them will be decided on Saturday anyway. Yeah. Um, then we're going to get to the point where the only ones that are going to matter are Chargers Raiders. Chargers Raiders will play each other. So we can yeah. put that game anywhere. And then it's what Colts versus Jazz. We kind of know what the outcome of that one's going to be. Yeah. Um, uh, Bills and Pats, maybe to win the title of the division. Yeah. I mean, that one's hard to get, but yeah. yeah. Not a great deal. Not a great deal. No. Um, 
While we're still on the Bengals game, though, quick mention: Jamar Chase, eleven receptions, two hundred and sixty-six yards, and three touchdowns. What a performance from the stud, right? I mean, yeah, everyone didn't want to draft him because he he didn't know what what football was really, did he? He said he was having problems <laughs> gripping the new football, and all of a sudden, couldn't see it about the white lines, yeah. Couldn't see it about the white lines and all this. I mean, this is where talent reigns supreme. I don't think anyone doubted he was going to be good. I think the, the question was more on the O-line and whether or not they were going to protect Burrow and, and actually do what they threatened to do. But congratulations to him. I mean, I thought Justin Jefferson's uh, rookie record was going to stand for quite some time and it didn't. It lasted 12 months. Um, and what the one thing I do like about it is he broke it on this game and not the next not one. Not next game. Because yep, so then we wouldn't have got the whole... Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think... I think the fact that he's done it now, I think he's, yeah. and then he'll go on and he'll set the, the record further. We would expect next week. It's different. Like for me, it's different. I think the fact he broke it in this game means a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, it's his second game over 200 yards. The last two weeks, Baltimore and Kansas city, he's up close to 400 yards in, in those two games combined. So he's done it right. Knee, I suppose. Phenomenal effort. Phenomenal effort. Yeah. <laughs> um, when they have got other weapons, it's not like he's a Devontae Adams on the Packers where he's their main receiver. The Bengals uh, have a decent... Stacked. Yeah. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Um, they've all contributed at times throughout the season. Um, yeah. But Jamar Chase really, where the Bengals needed him to, has, has stood up and delivered. So, fair play, young man. That's yeah, absolutely. Um, someone not quite so good yesterday, the Indianapolis Colts. Lost to the Raiders in probably what was a surprise result. Um, Carson Wentz came back from COVID to a very slow start. Yeah, do you know what's interesting, right? I reckon Al Davis, I reckon he probably was cursing someone in the NFL office for changing the rule. Because it gets to Monday, we hear Carson Wentz is out, he's not vaccinated. We're talking on the show, you know, we're saying drop X players. They're out. They're not vaccinated. Don't worry about them. They can go. And then, you know, Mike Williams in particular, and, and, and you know, we, we go to bed, we wake up the next morning, and it's like, oh, well, it's all changed. You know, and you you got to think, right, with the Raiders, everything they've gone through this season, their coach got fired because someone probably in the NFL office, but we don't know for sure, leaked information from the Washington football team investigation and the emails around John Gruden. Now, these emails would have been known a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. You know, they're, they're quite long, historic emails. And, and that story's giant right? <clears throat> well, he's suing the NFL. And, and, I mean, listen, there's part of me that thinks you deserve nothing for what you said in the language and, and everything else. But there is part of me, there is a sympathy there, because it was weaponized. Those emails were weaponized. They were there specifically to take out John Gruden. And someone sat on them and waited for the right moment to do so. And I think that's that is fundamentally wrong. And you think about if it was done by the league, you have to think about fairness of competition. That they've eliminated a coach mid-season. And, you know, they've had a few things go against them. And, you know, you have to coach, you know. Uh, you have to give them all a lot of credit for they've come back, they've won three straight, um, they're getting it done, they've gone through a lot of adversity, and 
their one win from the playoffs and it would be a great achievement. And but again, you see the rules change on them on Monday. They think, right, well, they're not going to have Carson Wentz. They're going to have a different quarterback. And then all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, no. And obviously it was changed because the CDC guidelines changed, right? The way that the national control of diseases, it's not like a conspiracy against the Raiders. I'm not sitting here throwing, but if you're a Raiders fan, I can see why you would think that because a lot of things have gone against the Raiders this season. Um, but, uh, you know, this is where we we always talked about it. When players return back from COVID, if they've had symptoms, if they've had it affected, there is some risk to them not performing. Now, Wentz didn't want to blame it on COVID. And fair play, if I was a star quarterback, I probably wouldn't either. Because you you look weak and ultimately it's a it's a sport where you can't afford to look weak you're better off saying i made the wrong decisions or i didn't start well than saying that you had a disease that helped you or stopped you from being good so um it's going to be an interesting game in 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 la with the vegas raiders and and the la chargers i think i couldn't call it i genuinely couldn't call who wins that game but i you know if i had to put a chip down and probably say the Raiders just the way they're playing right now. And I think they showed they're a cohesive unit, which have gone through a lot of channel, you know, a lot of trouble uh-huh. uh, this season. Yeah. So um, interesting on the NFL as a whole though, right? Two organizations that have recently moved homes, if you will. Um, fan bases aren't renowned. I'm going to say they're happy with that, especially the Chargers. So it's nice to give them a, a bit of something positive. Well, I think, I think what this shows is th- this will give new fa- new life to those fan bases. Um, I don't think they were going to struggle to get too many fans in Vegas. The Chargers, when you've got the Rams, they're sharing a stadium. It is very difficult, but you've got Justin Herbert, and he's an exciting, brilliant quarterback. You've got Keenan Allen. You've got star players everywhere on that roster. They're an exciting team, the Chargers. Um, Brandon Staley, who I like as a coach, I don't think has done a great job this year. Um, This is historically one of the worst defences in NFL history, and he's a defensive coach, and he's taken a below-average NFL defence and has put the bottom five in every category. That's a severe concern. But I think the long run is, it doesn't matter which one of these makes the playoffs, because I don't think any of them are going to get out of they're not going to get to the AFC title game. And that's not being rude or horrible. I just think there's there's three teams in the AFC, maybe four, who are better than them right now. I think the Chargers are a more daunting proposition if you're one of the opposition. I think you'd rather play the Raiders than play the Chargers. I think the Chargers can hurt you on their day a bit more than the Raiders can. I, I just think the Chargers are a bit more of a unit. I just think they, for me, my, my thing with the Chargers is, the only way the Chargers beat you is if they score 45 points or 40 points. If they, but they if can score 45 points. Absolutely. But if you're a well-coached team, you will stop that from happening more often than not. Whereas with the Raiders, they can beat you a lot of different ways. The D's pretty good. The lines are pretty good. They know they can get they, their quarterback doesn't make mistakes. You know, he doesn't make mistakes. That's the key thing is that everyone wants to sit here and roundhouse Derek Carr is this below-average talent, and yet every day, every year he overachieves where the line is drawn. You know, for me, Derek Carr's the top ten quarterback this year. I have no no doubt, no issue saying that. I think Derek Carr has been 
well above average this year. Especially um, with the, the receiver that Corey's working with. Well, exactly. He's playing with Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones. Um, he's lost heavy rugs. You know, Brian Edwards You know, that's the other things with the Raiders. You know, they've had to deal with Henry Ruggs. They've had to deal with Damon Arnett. You know, they've dealt with players. And you could sit there and say, well, they're self-inflicted. They were drafted, whatever, right? Fine. They've had a lot. I mean, like, I think I've always said this. I said this on the show last week. I think you have to go through a bit of adversity to be a better unit. And I think this, again, and this goes back to the Packers and why I don't want to crown the Packers. What adversity have they been through? They had a crap week one and then they had the whole Rogers thing and the whole he lied about being vaccinated to the press. That's it. That's the only real issues they've had this year. Whereas, you know, the, the Raiders have had it tough and I think that has battle-hardened them. And it wouldn't shock me if they, they won. And, it, and I think they will cause more problems in the playoffs than the Chargers because I just think they're, like, they're sticky... They just I don't know what they, they like get under your skin. They just kind of annoy yeah, yeah. you. Um, nuisance factor. Yeah, and I think that's you're right. That. Even if you get ahead, they're hard to put away. And if you fall behind, they've got just enough nous about them to keep the clock turning over and not give the ball back to you. They're so, always in yeah, close right. games. Yeah, they're yeah, always in right. close games. They're, they're not getting blown out any week. So, but we'll see what happens. Um, I, I, you know, we'll see. What, I both teams are great, and they're going to be good teams for a long time. So it's good to see. Um, good to see that. Back to the Colts. They're not going to have any problems because um, they've got the Jags who have an incentive to lose. So <laughs> They don't need an incentive. I think they're just that good right now anyway. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the sooner the sooner <laughs> their season's done, the better for them, I suppose. That's it. Let's stay with the good news for now. Titans uh, took over the one spot in the AFC, well, in the AFC with their win. Um, and also in the AFC, the Bills and Patriots have both clinched their playoff berths, although they're both playing for the division next week. Yeah, so the Titans uh, are in control of their own destiny. I think they've got Houston next week, so you would yeah. expect them to put them away. And Do you think uh, that has a big they... factor in the AFC, going through Tennessee as opposed to going through Kansas? No, um, but I think, no. I think the bye... It's a bigger draw for them because they've had so many injuries. And with Derek Henry I actually, down. if I was sitting there thinking for Tennessee, if any team was going to benefit from the bye, it would be Tennessee. Yes. Like of any other team, I think yeah. they're the team that would benefit the most from having a bye because they've got so many guys who are on the fringe of getting back to being healthy. That extra week for someone like a Derek Henry, for yeah. someone like AJ Brown, just to get a bit of extra rest for Julio Jones for. Um, yeah. You know some of their 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 DB. Well, they're, not, they're not going into a wild card game with a seventy percent Derrick Henry. They can give him a week, rest him up, and then run at it full tilt. And I think that gives them the best opportunity. Now, having said that, do I think they're the best team in the AFC? No, um, but I think the only way I can see them getting to Super Bowl Fifty Six is with the bye. Without it, I don't think they get there. I just think okay. they're too banged up. So I think that's why they benefit more than the home field advantage. Fine. And obviously the playoff ever-presence almost, it feels like at times the, the New England Patriots are there again, probably as a wild card. I think the Bills, you'd expect to win the last game and clinch the division. But uh, yeah, the Patriots think, are a factor here or not quite yet? No, I think, I think they're a factor. I mean, I know they missed last year, but, um, you know, Good coaching teams are always ones that are very difficult to play against because 
you look at the roster, you, you, you don't sit there and think that they have this abundance of talent. They don't have these sort of star names anywhere, but they just, again, they're just one of those teams. They don't lose games by a lot. You know, teams had to get last minute field goals or goal game winning drives to beat them. This is in good teams, Tampa, Cowboys, for example. And you could argue in those games that the Patriots made a few slight errors that led to those opportunities. Um, I, I just think, I don't think they're good enough to go all the way, but I think they're good enough to get out of the wild card round. You know, if, if I'm sitting there thinking like, well, they're going to be playing, well, it could be, it, it could be Bills and Patriots. Yeah. Next. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. They, they turn around and they've they've taken the, they've taken one off each other. They've both won in each other's backyards. So a home field advantage isn't oh, a factor well there because the Bills won in Foxborough and um, the Patriots won. And, and neither of those two sides care about the cold of the wind, do they? So exactly <laughs> that. So it's it's it, and those teams know each other very very well. Um, yeah. That's a and very that's where close the matchup. Does come into it a bit more when you are, and, but they're both like well coached teams, and they're both well coached teams. I think that that is a real bomb. But I will say the, the Patriots the... for me are the one team that throughout the year have got, or certainly seem to me to have got better and better every week. They are not the team at week 17, they were at 16 and then 15 and 14. They seem to actually have made a proper progression every week on who they are. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think, I think they had a little period where they took a little downward turn. But then I think they've recovered well, and I think Mac Jones has been terrific. Um, I I was one of the more vocal Mac Jones supporters. Um, I always liked him. Um, people could talk about skill set all they like. At the end of the day, we've seen it with someone like Tom Brady. Tom Brady wasn't the most athletic. He wasn't the most supreme build. But there's just something in people's DNA that just give you. That that edge, Mac Jones has that in spades as a leadership, as intelligence, as all those elements, all the things that you can't coach. He has that at the highest degree, and I think that's the it. It's annoying because people look at the tape or they look at the metrics and they look at the size, and they sit there and go, "Well, they, he can't do it, or he's not that good. He's not as good as Trey Lance." Well. Appreciate that Trey Lance hasn't played much in the NFL this season, but if I was if I was the Forty ers I'd be sitting there thinking, "Wow, why didn't we take Matt Jones?" I, All of them are sat there thinking, "Why didn't we take Davis Mills?" Well, <laughs> I always that's another one I liked. I, again, I was very vocal about. I, I liked was, Davis yeah. Mills. I, I yeah. and people laughed at me. People said, like, "What do you mean?" I said he should be a second round pick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I still don't know. If he is good enough to to play every single week at the NFL level, he'll but be a journeyman. He's... He'll be a journeyman. Could be. He'll he get could a job be somewhere. that journeyman. Yeah. I, I I look at the starting thirty-two quarterbacks and sit there and think, there's no one who's not starting that should start over him. <laughs> I mean, we've seen some pretty bad backups come into the league. Um, Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm. I mean, I know Tim Boyle wasn't that bad yesterday, but he wasn't that great. He threw three picks. Um, you know, Dave, Davis Mills. I mean, Davis Mills has looked a lot better than Trevor Lawrence, and he's had a, a lot worse of a cast to play the ball with. And I'm, and that's not all on Trevor Lawrence. And I'm not sitting there saying Trevor Lawrence is a bust or anything like that. I'm just saying. I uh, listen. Like, 
and I'm no I'm no QB whisperer. I don't look at tape and can magically evaluate people and say, right, I got as many misses as anybody, if not more. But the the two quarterbacks I really loved in this class. I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence, but he goes well above anything else. But I never got the love on Zach Wilson. But he's he's showing something over the last few weeks, and, and credit to him, he he's been brilliant in December. Um, I never got the love for Trey Lance. I never got it. I genuinely never got it. I, I just hear Tom shouting at his computer. Yeah, right and uh, Tom and I got backwards and forwards. I always said they should take Mac Jones, and I still, to this day, I'm adamant that if I was the 49ers GM, I'm, I'm calling McCoy number. I, Justin Fields, I always thought was decent, but I never thought he was elite. Um, and I just sat there and I thought, if 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 people let the Patriots get Mac Jones at 15, they'll rue that for years. And that is exactly it's the same with, in in a different scale, in a different context. It's the same as when everyone passed on Patrick Mahomes. You had to sit there and go, "Why have we done that? Why?" And I, and I genuinely think people will look at this draft in two in the same way with Josh Allen. People underevaluated Josh Allen massively. And you look at that twenty. I mean, you look at that twenty eighteen class. Right in that 2018 class, you had Baker Mayfield go one, you had Sam Darnold go two, um, then you had Allen went at seven. And the Buffalo Bills traded up because they traded with the Buccaneers, um, who took Via Vea, uh, at 14 to the despondent mayor of everybody who wanted Terry James. Um, and then Josh Rosen went to the Cardinals at 10, and then uh, the and then the Ravens. And then the Ravens traded back in with the Patriots in the first round and picked Lamar Jackson at 32 to get the extra year. And, I mean, you look at that draft now and you think Baker Mayfield, oh, he doesn't look anywhere near a number one pick right now. So Baker Mayfield, number one, Lamar Jackson, number 32. <laughs> I mean, exactly that. But Lamar needed a very particular system to make it work. Yeah, whereas yeah. Josh Allen has proven that he... All the reasons why people didn't like him. And it's the same with Justin Herbert. I love Justin Herbert in the combine process. He was another quarterback I thought was severely underrated. If someone said to me at five, Justin Herbert or two, a tag of Hanoa, I would have always picked Justin Herbert. I always would have done. Um, I just felt he was the better. Like with Justin Herbert, if you looked at his college film, you looked at him and went, I don't get why he's a first round pick. And I didn't. And his motion, his movability, everything was wrong. And if you follow guys like Matt Waldman, he was breaking down why he was so bad at Oregon. And it was to do with the fact that the way that Oregon play and the way that they coach and develop their quarterbacks is they require them to drop at a certain number of steps. It's like normally mm -hmm. it's a seven-step drop. Yep. But he gets them to go at four. And Herbert just it didn't suit his style with his frame. Fair enough. Well, he, he could adjust, but he just couldn't do it yeah, well. And they naturally. didn't want him to break from the and they didn't want him to break from the pocket. They wanted him to throw at a shorter step, so he didn't have that time to fake or maneuver and show that he could weave. And he's got wheels. Um, so you had here a pocket passer who never showed any mobility on tape, who never showed pocket presence because he never had the chance to. And then all of a sudden he goes to the combine and then you see these drills and you think, okay, everything about him that I knew from tape is completely wrong because he can move, he can he can throw on the run, he's got a good arm. And then you look at it and you understand the mechanics. And that this is why, you know, 
people just go off college tape or college opinions, it's not always right because and the same way people look at metrics of players and go, oh, well, hang on a minute, he's got the same metrics as it's DK Metcalf, therefore, yeah. Yeah. therefore he's going to be a stud. Well, actually, well, where did he come from? What's his diversity? What you know? What what's he had to deal with in his career? It's all those elements that are so important. And that you know, Davis Mills had to go through a lot, at, you know, to to get ready to get to, and Mac Jones especially. I just think. We'll draw this up in three years, and I tell you now, Matt Jones would be a lot closer to to one than Trey Lance. I tell we'll you that now. Sitting here. We'll be sitting here going, Trevor Lawrence at one and Matt Jones at fifteen, like we just did with Baker at one and Lamar Jackson at thirty-two, right? Well, I think the difference is, I don't think anyone can ever blame you for taking Trevor Lawrence at one. I think even regardless if he busts out, I think you the specimen of what he was, the blank canvas you had to work with, everything he ever achieved, there was absolutely no way you were not taking him at one, even if it doesn't work, because you can't be the team that passed on him. (laughs) The difference is, this is where... Exactly. Because no one's going to blame you for making that pick. You know, the GM's going to go from Jacksonville, so it doesn't matter. We've already got... But... I, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, he's not going to be blamed for picking Trevor Lawrence. That's not going to be the reason why he failed in yeah. Jacksonville. Um, no. But, he hasn't yet. It's one year. He's got time. They've got another early pick He has now. got time. Get him some line. Get him some weapons. Uh, you know, the guy's good enough. I'm sure he's going to work coach. for it. Get the coach. Get the coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Urban Meyer's not a coach. He's not a coach. No. I don't care what anyone says. He's not a football coach. He's a recruiter. He recruits good players who yeah. are good and he doesn't develop them any further. That is what he is. Fair. He takes good people, makes some physical specimens, encourages them to remain physical specimens and that is it. He lets other coaches coach. So, yeah. Fine. Talking youngsters as we are, another one that's made a headline, uh, Kyle Pitts. We come out of the second rookie tight end with a thousand yard receiving season. A lot was expected of Pitts coming into the NFL. Would you say he's delivered yet, or would the one touchdown really be a concern to you? It's a hard one, right? Because he's on he's on a bad team. Um, they, I think what you have to do here is remove the fantasy aspect of it, because the the fantasy aspect is he has not delivered. Uh, where people were drafting him, and that's understandable. Like, I get that. But on the flip side of that, I look at what he's done on the field. He is effectively the only weapon on that team. He receives more coverage than anybody else, lines out wide. Um, I think losing Calvin really didn't help him either. No, it definitely didn't. And I, he's just an unbelievable physical talent, and he can make plays everywhere. And he's shown that. I think he's. He's a player that I think I, I'd say he was a pass score. Uh, which, if you're if you're four, if you're fourth overall, I think that's. I don't think you're ever going to exceed expectations of four overall. Like for him to, to for him to have exceeded expectations of four overall, he'd have to have scored ten touchdowns, which just on that team was never going to happen. So and again, it's one of those situations, like you said, with Jacksonville, how they couldn't pass on Lawrence. I actually felt the Falcons at four other than maybe trading out the spot, couldn't pass on Pitts because of what he was coming out of college. 
I see. I I will disagree with you there, only okay. because I just think they had so many needs. You had so many needs. You had quarterbacks on the board. You had defensive players on the board. You had offensive players on the board. Yeah, I I. This is going to sound a bit biased, right? And Carpets is no ordinary tight end. You know, I'm a, I'm a Gator fan. I love Carpets more than most people. But Titans a luxury pick. Same way running back's a luxury pick. Right? You're picking a tight end or you're picking a running back when your roster is nearly complete. The tight, the, the, the Falcons are nowhere near that. So you sit there and think, actually, what could you have used that on? So you could have got Penai Suel. You could have got Jamar Chase. You could have got Jalen Waddle. You could have got... <laughs> For me, there were so many pieces you could have got. I get why carpets are special. I understand that better than anybody. Why he's special? I just think as does a tight end really move the needle, and it, it's proven this year it hasn't. They haven't won any more games than they did last year. And I haven't so watched the Falcons. They, they could have done some form of pass rush this year. So exactly, they could have <laughs> done with pass. Yes, I mean they could have done pass rush. They could have done with offensive line for protection. Yep. For me, there were just a few players there that I think you could have taken instead of. And listen, it would be really easy to say, well, you should have taken Michael Parsons. Yeah. But yeah. my point is, they could I'm have sorry, taken. Man. That's all I'm Yeah, sorry. but they, I think for me that I could have passed on him there. Or I would have okay. traded out of the pick um, and got a haul. Because I think they needed so many pieces. I would have traded out of that pick. I would have tried to get an extra first. Let someone come up and get the guy. So let's go for the good. To well, they're not so good, I guess. Joe Judge uh, is defending his time at the Giants uh, after a 4 and 12 season so far. Uh, with the actual phrase, and I quote, This ain't some clown show organization. But actually, I mean, from the outside looking in, it actually does seem almost to be exactly that, Joe. Yeah. Um, it's a poor choice of words yeah. because that's all anyone thinks. I. I don't think about 85% of their struggles are his fault. I think they were a talent-depleted team. They haven't done well in the draft for the last few years. Um, Gettleman is going, and it, but it's it's about two years too late, but wherever he's going now, so fine. I understand why you give Judge another year. I don't have a problem with that. Um but I don't think you can defend the record. I, 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 you know, I don't think you can sit here and say, you know, Matt Rule came out and did something similar last week after getting thumped by the Bucks, and they're saying like, well, I can see the progress. No one else can, but I can. We're, we're definitely a better team than we were. But there's no extra wins in the win column, so you can't say that. You can't be a better team when you've won like two or three games since week three, like you're not, it's why your owner is getting very itchy and regrets giving you a contract. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't, I don't think most of it, I think hiring Jason Garrett was a poor choice. Um, as an offensive coordinator, I think it was, it was a poor decision. It was never going to go well. I, the problem with Joe judge is, he needs time to rebuild the entire culture of the organization. And unfortunately, in the two years that he's been there, 
there's been absolutely no improvement. <laughs> now, it, had he cleared more house or had they been a bit more prudent in some of their free agent acquisitions, I don't know. But, you know, you sit there and think, okay, fine. You know, he's, they're, they're clearing house. They're valuing some talent. They're bringing some new guys in. We'll see what happens. You know, you go and drop all that money on Kenny Golladay. I mean, you look stupid. I don't care what anyone says. It's, it, who pays Kenny Golladay 80, 80 million? 80 million over four years. This is stupid money. Why? Why have you paid, like, he's, I don't even think he's got a touchdown this year. Like, it, it's not worked. And you can't get out of that. Like, you, you're lumbered with that. Like, if you're rebuilding, you can't make monumental mistakes like that. You just, you can't score own goals like signing players like Kenny Golladay. You have to, the, you have to fix the problems on, uh, in the team, in the culture, the organization, Joe Judge has come from an organization that is very well run. It just depends whether he gets the time, but I don't think he's strong enough to rip everything out. I don't think he's strong enough to undo. You know, you look at Bruce Arians, everyone's sitting here saying, well, Bruce Arians, he got Tom Brady handed to him on a plate, and, you know, the rest is history. But actually, he was making progress in that first year. There was seven and nine, but James threw away three or four games on his own. The team was a better team. The team was a playoff team that didn't get there. But they ripped people out of that organization that did not fit with the culture. You know, he cut Vernon David, uh, Vernon Hargreaves, who was a first-round pick. Cut him. See ya. You know, he, he changed the culture. I mean, Tom Brady's coming in. He's elevated that even further. But... You have to you have to know how to build a culture in an organization. And I'm not so sure that Joe Judge can. I appreciate he deserves another year, but he can't defend his record because he hasn't achieved anything. You know, if he had seven wins this season, say he won seven games this season, you go, I get it. They're a better team. They're not there yet, but they're a better team. But they haven't won any more games. <laughs> so, I don't, yeah, I mean... He'll get another year, maybe. We'll see what happens. Fine. So we've done the good, we've done the bad. It's now time for the downright ridiculous, I guess. Uh, I'm sure most people have seen it or heard it or read about it, but Antonio Brown is no longer a buck uh, after literally taking off his gear and leaving the field mid-game or leaving the stadium as well mid-game by all accounts. So what do you make of that? There's, well, there's a lot of reports on this. Now, Bruce Arians won't comment on what transpired entirely. And rightly so, I think. And rightly so. But the one thing he's refuted is what Rapshit said, that it's an injury. He says, it's not an injury. He's not hurt. He didn't, wasn't hurt. And listen, the he guy jumped off, jumped off the field. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Um, I think it's one of those things, right? It was always going to happen. Um, But at the end of the day, someone asked Bruce the question of, do you regret it? Well, no, he caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. We won a ring. That alone justified everything. Like, it, unfortunately, it does because he, he delivered when it mattered. And he delivered the franchise a ring. Like, what he did this year was a free hit, effectively, to the organization. Um, should he have got cut? I mean, transactionally, we don't actually know what the Buccaneers are going to do. Someone asked Bruce Arians the question, you know. Bruce Harris said he's no longer a bug. He actually technically is still a Buccaneer. He has not been yeah. 
officially Cut. released. Nope. And if you're Jason Knight, you're sitting there thinking, maybe Don't we can it. put him on a list. Don't maybe do we it. can put him on a list. Well, because if it isn't, if Antonio Brown sat there going, it was injury related, great. We'll stick him on IR for three weeks. Thank you very much. Exactly. If you can get him on the you, you're saying it yourself, on. Antonio. You're saying you're injured, so we'll take that. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll put you on IR for three weeks. Yes, yeah, that's by your own admission. So thank you very much. Yeah, we. I think um, as Bucks fans hitting the playoffs, he is too good for somebody to pass off. Somebody will take that gamble. And and I think that's the only reason he was still on the roster after this. After I, he was never coming back. I think if you're going to read between the lines of this, the suspension happened because he broke protocol with faking a vaccination card. The conversation went along the lines of you've done wrong let's focus on this year and we'll we'll see what happens he has read that as i'm not coming back he felt that the attitude towards him had changed probably did i mean he did something stupid like committed a felony in faking a vaccination card it's a crime so yeah People's attitudes towards you gonna lose a bit of are going to change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you hurt your team by lying yeah. and cheating. Yeah. So at the end of the day, yeah, people are going to feel a bit sore about that. I don't think. And I can't happens. imagine he's the kind of guy that's going back in that locker room with any remorse over it either. I don't know the guy. Whether it's with, with someone like Mike Edwards, you know, who, who got a key tackle yeah. yesterday, his teammates bobbed him. He probably was the first person who walked in there and went, "Guys, I'm I messed up. up. Yeah, yeah, I messed up. Whatever I can do." And I think he yeah. took his on the chin. And he's reintegrated back into the team, and I don't. And I think Anthony Brown's looked at that and gone, "Well, wait a minute, this guy's getting hugged and cheered every time he makes a key yeah. play, and I'm getting ostracised." But, but, but I'm Antonio Brown. It's all Brown. building. Yeah. It's all building. It's all building in his head, right? It's got to this critical mass. I, I think it'd be interesting to see what the Buccaneers do, um, because it, I can just see him out of spite signing for Green Bay, and I can see Green Bay doing it because. We've just seen he's not motivated by money. He took a he took a uh, a short, cheap contract last year, won a ring, took a slightly more incentivized contract. He's just walked out on a million dollars. He was going to get that million dollars, and he's done now. He don't sign anywhere. He's probably done with the NFL. I always think someone picks him up. Yeah, I just I think, think there are too many. Red, I listen. I just watch. I just I just watch an NFL organization. Hire Urban Meyer, who is one of the most debaucherous men. Who himself hired Tim Tebow. <laughs> I mean, this is my point. There's always someone stupid in the NFL. There's always someone stupid in the NFL. And, is, and until you yeah. eliminate until you eliminate stupid from the NFL, I cannot say that Antonio Brown's down the NFL because I do think someone signs him. I, th- I think someone signs him next season. I think someone signs him next season. I just think someone is stupid enough to think. Ah, we'll we'll fix that. We can do what nobody else can. And it's been a. And do you know what? Wouldn't shock me if it was someone like the Giants. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me. Whether he would want to go there or not would be something else. Hey, come come to New York. We'll give you a penthouse suite and we'll razzle dazzle you, and you can be a star player of the franchise of the historic New York Giants. Wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. Like that's the thing. Everyone says he's done in the NFL. Unfortunately, stupid people still work in the NFL. Someone is going to employ him because someone thinks he's too good can... And you have to look at it. Like this season, if you're the Packers or you're the Rams or you are one of those teams competing, even the Titans, right? You have to sit there and think, we only have to deal with this guy 
Well, if the Titans five. lose Julio and they can't get Julio fit, oh, thank you very much. Pick up Antonio Brown. We have to deal with the guy for five weeks. Yep. Does he make our football team better? Yes. Getting running routes, catching the ball, and we will worry about the rest later. Five weeks. Okay. All you got to deal with him for is five weeks. Yeah. Of course you're going to do it. He'll be pleased to be there for two. Well, that's <laughs> what really actually you've get free. <laughs> well, you've only got you've only got you've only got to keep Mappy a month. Yeah. Not that hard. Yeah, right. No. I mean, the Buccaneers kept him happy for a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> or a year and a bit. Did. I don't know. I, I just think I just think it's it's downright lunacy what happened. I never thought I'd see the day that someone would just quit like that. Um there was a story a few years ago where someone quit at half time, <laughs> retired at half time. But I think because the team was so uncompetitive, he was just like, I just don't want to do this, which is fair enough. But I think the way he G'd up the crowd, I mean like I, I laugh at it. I think it's hilarious. I just think, but when you win the game, and and I think weirdly, I think weirdly, he had a positive effect on people because people were like, "Oh my god, we've lost, and we're going to have to talk about this." Like we're going to lose to the Jets, and we're going to have to explain this embarrassment on national television. And I thought, well, that's two embarrassments on national television. Let's try and square one of them away. Let's square the one we can control and the one we can't control. We'll just laugh about because we won the game, and that's I think it weirdly galvanized. It's kind of working, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. I think weirdly it did. I think it's one of those weird things. I think it reset the mind. The Buccaneers were a better team yeah. after that happened. <laughs> that hey, came to the game and looked like you, premium. You said before as well about how teams going to playoffs need some form of adversity to overcome. Now maybe it's not an adversity, but it's certainly a locker room bonding situation here. <laughs> It's no, a way no of one's feeling, no one's bringing 53 men together. No one's looking at the way that that went down yesterday and went, eyes oh, are done by there. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. The visual is he quit the team. He quit the team in front of everybody. Well, the, the video shows Mike Evans trying to reason with him and Antonio Brown stopping off from it. And as Bucks fans, we probably see and hear a lot of Mike Evans. Um, uh, and I think most people would say he's probably one of the nicer guys in the NFL. And when Mike Evans goes, I can't be bothered anymore, mate, you're probably about done with everybody else. So, exactly that. Uh, um, someone's asked, do you reckon Tampa pick up a wide receiver before the postseason? And if so, who? I genuinely do not know who is available on free agency right now. Um, so that's going to be the first. Oh, I'm going, no, I know we've lost, um, Chris Godwin, but I would say Cyril Grayson stepped up yesterday, eight targets, six catches, eight, one yards, and obviously the game winning touchdown. Uh, he had three for eight, won the game before. We've also got people like Tyler Johnson, who I expected bigger things from this year. So I think he can come in and, and do that role. He had four catches yesterday for 50 yards. Um, I think we're going to have to rely on those younger guys maybe a bit more, personally. Uh, Scotty Miller has been a very, very bit part player this year, so I'd like to see him maybe get a bit more of a role. He only had one target yesterday. He only had three the week before. So, um, I've, got, four I've, got on the year. <clears throat> I've got one name. I've got one name. And I, I don't know how fit he is. John Smokey Brown. He's a talented receiver. You know, he did very well at yeah. the Raiders a year ago. Uh, left the Raiders. 
didn't really work out for him when he, he left the Raiders, went to the Broncos. Uh, also, he was at the Bills when he went for the Bills and, yeah, didn't really make it to the Raiders, which we thought he would. He didn't make it onto the roster. I mean, it, there's a couple of red flags there that fact he didn't make it onto the roster at the Raiders. I don't know what happened, but I look at someone like John Brown, I think of the career he has had um, at Arizona, at Baltimore, at the Bills. He was very productive in his two years at the Bills. I sit there and think, the guy's too good to be a free agent, unless there's something in here which we don't know about. Well, he so didn't I'm make it the this year either, did he? So, But I think anyone that doesn't make it under Urban Meyer deserves a pass. <laughs> I think maybe he's a bit normal. I, 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 you know, I, I think you've got to be a little bit... I don't know. I, I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm more worried about, you know, like the Broncos were stacked. So he goes to the Broncos, he makes the roster, but, you know, he's not going to play ahead of Sutton and Judy and everything. Uh, someone's turned around and gone, uh, I wonder if Brady calls up Edelman. <laughs> I take him. Um, he's a slot receiver we need. <laughs> Uh, I think the issue with that would be is that the Patriots Fitness. still own the rights. No, no, no. I think the Patriots still own the rights because he retired a Patriot. So right. what happened with Gronk was the Buccaneers had to pay a fourth-round pick. Yes. The trade deadline's gone, so they can't trade for him. Um, that would be the problem because they won't be able to get the rights for him because they'd have right. to do a trade. So I think John Brown is out there. He's a free agent. If if the Buckets are going to pick up anyone, I just look at the profile of the players they've picked up. Lev Bell, um, uh, Gio Bernard. Um, All right. On yeah. the, the, they must be getting to the end of their career a decent player. There's Brian. Uh, I don't think he's got any juice. No? No. I don't... I, it's a name out there. I get it. I looked at the list and thought, mm, I saw him there. But I, no, I don't I don't think so. I think you're more likely to see, and again, this can't happen because of rights. You'd more likely see Larry Fitzgerald turn up, but that's not going to happen again because of the game. Yeah. The rights of... Well, actually, did he officially retire or was he out of contract? Here's a conspiracy uh... theory. If we just stumbled upon Larry Fitzgerald trying to get a ring with the Buccaneers. Uh, never officially retired. Is what so I'm he's out of contract. He's a free agent. Uh, he also said he's not considering returning to the NFL despite the fact that Cardinals... Yeah, one side. Yeah, so he has never officially retired. Right. So he's a free agent. That My point was he was more... Uh, uh, here we go. There's commented on AB's Instagram post yesterday. Can't see that. No, I can't either. Um, so yeah, I can't see him getting Edmund, but yeah, I, I John if they're gonna sign anyone, John Brett, I think they don't want a young guy, they want someone who's been there, done it, self-sufficient, yeah, yeah. who can just come in, pick it up quickly and go and help you. And, well. and also, yeah. you know, you, you gotta remember, you know, he would have played with Bruce. Yeah. At yeah. Arizona. So someone that he's someone that Bruce Arians knows. I don't know. I don't think they pick yeah, up anyone, but if I if I had to draw a name, that would be the one. I don't, I don't think I, I, think, either, to be I think Cyril, Cyril Grison has turned up. I think when you've got him, you've got AB, you've got Tyler Johnson. Johnson you, and Scotty uh, Miller, as I say, barely used. Jaden Darden had a game. Jaden Darden's a decent talent as well. I think there's there's some depth there um, at the position, even, even without them. But 
you know, if you want a veteran presence, they could do it. But I, I think it's the one room they don't need it because you've got someone like Mike Evans, you've got someone like Tom Brady. Um, yeah, but it'd be interesting. Imagine Larry Fitz turned it off. <laughs> I might go to the door, see if I can have a ring as well. Just pad up for a week. By the way, Richard Sherman, that was another name that got signed. Yes. Um, you talk about veteran, veteran players. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Fair. Okay. Uh, so week 17 in the bag. We hate him to come. Most of the playoff spots are done. There's just, uh, as I said, we spoke about the Chargers and the Raiders playing. The Colts have got a win to tie up their spot. Uh, the NFC, most of it's done. I think the only two variables are the 49ers and the Saints. The, the Niners travel to the Rams, but uh, I don't know. I expect them to, to be able to tie that one up. Yeah, uh, you see any surprises? The Steelers, the Steelers could be eliminated tonight. They could stay yeah. alive tonight. <laughs> if they stay alive tonight, their chance of getting through is like 4%. The... Yeah. Um, not Ravens not. is like two percent. You'd expect and it's all the, Colts. Because the, the Colts play the Jags, but right, Colts play the Jags. That should happen, and then you've got the winning in scenario. Yeah. So it, it's one like it's the Colts, and then one yeah. of the Chargers and the Ravens, uh, Raven Raiders that we talked about, and then um, the only thing we've got to sort out is the Eagles are officially in, but they're in at the moment at the seventh seed because the 49ers who are not officially in um, have the tiebreaker over Philly, but don't have a tiebreaker over New Orleans. So if San Francisco lose to the Rams and the New Orleans Saints win, the Eagles will go up to sixth. The Saints will be the seventh seed. Um, so there's some permutation there around what's going to happen. But the top five, um, the Rams haven't officially sealed the division title yet. Nope. So there's something it. weird where the 49ers could, the 49ers could uh, win on Sunday which could lead to Arizona taking the division, the Buccaneers jumping to two, the Cowboys jumping to three, potentially. The but it's all a shuffle of the pack rather than... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the only the only, the only only uncertainty now is down to four teams. We're yeah. going to write the Colts in. I think uh, yeah. if they don't get in, they don't deserve it. Correct. So I think you're looking at it's going to be one of... Chargers or Raiders... One of Charles the Raiders and one of San Francisco no, or, or New Orleans. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of what we're playing with, and then some of the movement of pieces. But yeah, fine. Uh, any other business from yourself, Murph? Anything else you want to cross off? We're running. No, the I've mentioned the sub stack on here uh, a couple yeah. of times. Um, didn't write so much towards the end of last week. I was feeling a bit under the weather. Went for a COVID test. I was negative, but I was in bed and was not feeling too great. Um, towards the, the end of the week. So um, didn't put much out. But effectively, the Substack is just going to be all the research I do where I'm trying to work out strategy and things like that. Not committing to like a specific structure of what it's going to be. It's literally called a brain dump for a reason. I'm going to find something interesting. I'm going to write a short note on it. So do subscribe to that. Um, in the, So the Substack um, should be a link uh, somewhere, or it's agmurfit85.substack.com. Uh, you can join that there. And again, I'll just drop some information, some research as I'm doing it, uh, especially as I'm working on the book. Uh, I'll probably start that in about two weeks' time uh, and start putting together the book. Um, when I do some research for that, I'll start putting some of the interesting things that aren't going to go into the book. So some of the overflow or some of the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff will, will go in there. So uh, subscribe to that and Playoff Leagues. Um, so we'll be doing some playoff leagues. I'm going to get them set up in the next 24, 48 hours or so. I'm going to do some admin on contacting the listener league winners and other leagues, etc. Um, 
So if you are in the Leicester leagues and things like that, you win a league, uh, prizes will be, I'll be in contact, get some details. Once I've got all that, I'll start ordering prizes. I would expect everything to start motioning in around about Feb, um, just because it's time to make stuff and, and all that sort of thing. So, but we'll get them out to everyone. We do every year. Um, but I think other than that, that's it. Just stay subscribed. We've got a lot of great content and again, a lot of great guests. Um, enjoy International Shipping Day. Um, and we go again uh, when the new Football League starts soon. And enjoy week 18, most of you, without the, the stressing up people of, of worrying about who scored what, where, when, and which side he's on. So I, know, I love the fact that literally from tomorrow I can just archive a load of leagues and sleep. <laughs> And then I've only got to set one lineup this week. I'm like, oh, get in. Fair. Good for you. Guys, Murph, thank you for your time. Again, as always, follow us Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Five Yard Rush. Uh, look after Murph Substack and stay tuned to the channel because during the week we've got the Dynasty guys, we've got the DFS guys, we've got the college guys coming up. So football is coming to an end, but it doesn't really, does it? So now's the time to switch on. Murph, have a good evening, sir. Thank you for your time. Cheers, everyone. And don't forget, as always, keep rushing. to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.